0: What Intro, are you let's sense? go! <laughs> fuck your car! We're in dead! I
1: don't know, like, touch your floor, was it moving?
0: Like, nah. feel pretty locked up! Sounds like the fuck, dude! Oh boy! Swap, wap, wap! You
1: fucking fool! yo 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 what is up guys welcome to the moped monday podcast we're back for another week and this time it's not a pre-recording it's live it's in action it is happening and going down with my guest who's already on the phone brett epp so what's up bro
0: hey how's it going oh it's going all right (laughs) i just i just got home from my shop Um, I started a community motorcycle garage a few years back and, uh, I teach people how to build motorcycles, uh, from scratch for by themselves. So, uh, just got home from entire weekend of doing that, which really wears you out sometimes.
1: Yeah, definitely time intensive, definitely a labor of love. Um, I I was, I was on Moped Army. Like I was like, man, let me, let me, let me do a little a little dig in, you know, get, get ready for this episode with Brad. And I was like, first thing I saw, like just scrolling real quick was like a post, like what, what what was it? Someone's just like, Hey man, has anyone seen or heard from Brett? Where'd he go? Did he die? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and I was like, Oh my God. So I don't know. We're going to get into the whole thing, but like real quick, just from me to you, like Going to rallies and hanging out and doing the the thing that we all do in this like weird subculture that we're all a part of. Like, I don't even remember the first rally I met you at, but I think it was just like a continue con- con- continuous like couple rallies where it was like, oh, there's that guy, oh, there's that dude again. Yo, this guy is tight. Like, <laughs> it was like cool work. Fucking your bikes are sick. Fucking pretty boy. Like. Doing all the things, and I was like, "Yo, this guy's cool as fuck, dude." I remember like you you pulled up to that one rally, I think it was Texas, and you had like the Derby GPR with like the fucking the the you know the race flag fairing way, and we're just like, I was like, "Yo, Mm -hmm. like the the GPR shifty fifty, like Jesus, he's got all the shit."
0: Yeah, there was a long time, and still, let's be honest, we all have an addiction to Marketplace and Craigslist that we can't shake. Um, So, yeah, I still try to find the you know weird random stuff, and every once in a while, like there'll be a CC two stroke that comes up. Yeah, I've moved on to larger displacement things, but I want it so bad. I'm (laughs) probably the only one that can save it. I don't need fifty (laughs) one, but I'll take it.
1: Um, Yeah,
0: the bug's hard, man. It
1: bites. It bites hard
0: but yeah, like talking about like going to moped rallies back in the day, like, yeah, I, I didn't fit in at moped rallies for the longest time. Uh, mainly because I grew up like super conservative Christian and, uh, Jesus man, uh, was the only thing I had in my life. And then the dark side of mopeds corrupted me (laughs) into the person that I am now. Um, so yeah, like I
1: greaser boy,
0: (laughs) right. Um, so, I got my first moped um, off of Craigslist because I, I was into kind of restoring bicycles at the time and I was at college at, at zero money. And there was a moped in the bicycle section. I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool. Um, and I went, you know, it was 60 bucks was what the guy wanted for. I'm like, holy shit, I can afford this. Went to his house. It was a 1979 Batavist Regency which looks beautiful, and when you know nothing about mopeds, <laughs> you see that, that frame, you're like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was black yeah. on black, you know, with chrome, everything. Um, but the engine was seized, and the front wheel was a taco, because uh, the dude who was selling it, his daughter had run it won it in a raffle back in the uh, uh, 70s, and uh like the next week she ran into a curb destroyed <laughs> the front end and then it just sat in his garage and so it had like no miles on it but the engine was fucked and it needed parts yeah and i remember it took me like a year uh to figure out how to work on it how to repair it because uh unlike fuchs and little Joe's, uh there's not a whole lot of info out there about uh, bad of a especially true. not, not back when, like I start was doing mopeds. Like Jesus, that's like a decade ago, over yeah, a decade man. ago at this point. Like, um,
1: as far as, far as that, did you have like any kind of mechanical, like background growing up? Did you wrench on bikes before no, or was uh, like you just saw this bike and dove down the rabbit hole?
0: Well, I was always like, t- I always tinkered with stuff growing up. Um, and I grew up kind of out in the country, so, you know, you have to do stuff yourself most of the time. But no, I didn't really have much of a mechanical background so aside from holding the flashlight while my dad, you know, poorly repaired things himself. <laughs>
2: um,
0: and then, like, well, I always knew I wanted to do stuff like that uh, because even as a kid, I would take my toys apart, just to see how they worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my parents got tired of that, so they eventually had to start buying me clear toys so I could <laughs> see how they worked. Because when you're a child, you can take things apart, but you're really bad about putting them back together and yeah. making them work. Breaking everything. Uh, oh, God, yeah, the teardown's always the easy part. So, you know, use that as a segue back into the moped rally. Hey, this guy, the every rally, hey, this guy's kind of cool. Thank you, by the way. You're so kind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like my stint in the mopeds was more on the like mechanical nerd aspect of trying to make these dumb things go fast. Yeah. Um, and so like a lot of people like the moped rally back then, you know, was punk kids, like, like, you know, people that I would have never met in any other reality that I was involved in. Um, and they were like the coolest people I'd ever met before in my life. Cause they're so much different from what I was like raised as, or like had ever seen. And they're just like the coolest fucking people on these like dumb mopeds that they made go insane like one of the first rallies i went to was a black black rally and uh i got introduced to like johnno and all these black black kids um who you know hadn't showered in like 110 days <laughs> and like uh like you know i don't know if this is like your hands are black because of tattoos or just because of grease mm-hmm. um and all their bikes were faster than shit, like talking 60-mile-an-hour moped in the altitude of, of Denver.
2: Yeah.
0: It was awesome. And so I had to figure out how to do that. And then I just kind of went off the deep end. The problem was I owned a Batavis Regency. Yeah. If so a lot didn't... of my moped career is just the, being, the Batavis being, like, the bane of my existence because I'm <laughs> Which is funny uh, because if,
1: like... For those who don't know, you can go on Moped Army. You can look at Brett's um, his uh, profile. He's still on there. And oh
0: god, there's <laughs> so many bikes that aren't listed on that thing.
1: Yeah, I guarantee. Like I stopped updating mine so long ago that I know I have mm-hmm. 50 bikes I never put on there. But if you okay. were to look at your profile page, I guarantee you probably have the most badasses listed probably oh, by, for did, sure. did Anyone else um, on moped army?
0: No, no, no. Don't don't get me wrong. At one point, I made it a goal to own every single Badabas moped that was ever made, Batavis and I King. did. I did. I totally did it. Um, and yeah, it, and like, what a what a sad achievement, really, when you look <laughs> at it. Uh, it, you know, it's cool. Look at all these things that are still terrible and slow. So yeah. But uh, <laughs> since I fell in love with Batavis, uh th- there's no parts for them like i um started riding mopeds in lawrence kansas with like Mary- mike beery and Kendon and those guys and um they all had maxis and pintos and stuff that like when you found out about treats you could just buy a kit slap it on with a pipe do some hollywood holt dancing and be like look at this shit it goes 45 um i couldn't do that to my, my bad so i had to learn how to like Build shit and tune, mm-hmm. and so that's why I got super into like building mopeds because I was doing stuff that like these things were never intended or designed to do, and I found that really fun and cool. Yeah, because I was like super broke in college, and you know every kid, every boy wants to build a car, or a race car, but don't have the space, don't have the money. Um, but look, look at this moped. It doesn't take up any space. I can put this in my apartment, like, and then just work on it.
1: Which many of us did. Right, in, yeah, the, right well, in the apartment like all of us did Like <laughs> the
0: landlord's coming over Throw a sheet over it It doesn't
1: exist
0: uh, Don't spill
1: the gas yeah. in, the, in the house You know like oh fuck we can't sleep in here tonight
0: <laughs> Yeah So Yeah both had rallies man I've, mm, I've I've gone to some Were you at the rally in Austin Where it like rained it's ass off And we were dancing our asses off in the barn
1: uh, yeah, definitely was at that one. That was a great that rally. Was,
0: that was a great rally. That was the, yeah, one, you the, G- that was the one you had that
1: GPR at.
0: Yeah, so I brought, I had a couple bikes at that. So, uh, I was dating Jess at the time. So we brought down her, uh, kitted Peugeot. Uh, I was on my Derby GPR, which that thing is built out to the ninth. I still have that, by the way.
1: Oh, that's, uh, um, so, cool. so I sold mine. I, so, I kind of regret it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I, uh, brought down a Derby Revo um, that was bolted to a um, Batavist HS50. Top nice. Uh, and I told tight. that to Eric That's from New Orleans.
1: That's one of the – Oh, yeah. I actually saw that in his living room when I was in, like, the last time I went to New Orleans for a rally. Eric had that in his living room where he was living oh. with Alex Grow. And I was like, yo, this <laughs> thing's sick, dude. But he dude, didn't say that? he had it from you. He never, he never coughed it up.
0: Well, I don't want to <laughs> out him or anything like that. I'm sure he did nah, stuff nah, to it. No,
1: no, it's cool. It was cool back uh, then for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that thing went like in the 60s. Like those Revo motors are just insane. Yeah, that's
1: definitely you can do a like lot of stuff m- to them. moped cheater stats for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, top five, for sure. top five moped cheater cheater engines uh, a Revo.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. The yeah. other like super dope rally that I can remember off the top of my head, uh, there was a black black rally, and we might have been at this too. Um, in Colorado and Denver, but it's the one where Andrew WK came and played.
1: I wasn't at that one. But you weren't at that one. No. It might be
0: before your time. Yeah.
1: That well then let me
0: set the scene because this was like <laughs> classic moped epicness. Um, so black, black had a rally and at the time they had a shop that was kind of in this industrial park off of, you know, downtown Denver because Denver the was shed. a shit hole Yeah. And it was a skate park inside and a moped shop in the corner. It was so dope. And that was the Rally HQ. And, uh, like, basically, we got snowed in at the rally. So we didn't really get to ride. There wasn't much of a ride, but we just partied in this skate warehouse uh, all weekend. It was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, the Saturday night party, we went down to this tiny ass bar in uh, Denver. And, uh, you know, bunch of you know gross moped dudes with their shirts off dancing around with just their vests on mm-hmm. and andrew wk and an andrew wk cover band walk out and apparently uh like they gotten together and hired andrew wk to come play a party and he was about it about it yeah. uh the only problem was i think someone slipped in like a, a a large amount of uh powdered white substances <laughs> and he was having the best time on stage and he even sang she is beautiful while on my shoulders <laughs> uh, and it was great but he kept sang- singing like the same two songs over and over again uh, which is you know i understand M- andrew wk every single song is the same song yeah uh, but it's basically it's time to party and she is beautiful on loop <laughs> for about two and a half hours it was great and then he showed up at the shred shed we like partied the rest of the night away it was great dude that's
1: sick <laughs> That's a good yeah. time.
0: Yeah, and that's the rally that I built the original twin engine Batavus build for. Ooh. I like was gonna do this like cool thing and go like show it off at a rally, and it worked. It ran it went like forty five at the time, but man, have I learned a lot since then?
1: Yeah, I bet man. Just like years of fucking with stupid mopeds, you know. Got <laughs> like, yeah doing all the things it takes to, like make them rip, which is like harder than it seems sometimes, and then even when you think you have it down, it, it still can become a challenge. Like, you know, definitely humbling. Mopeds is like the equalizer for sure.
0: Right. Well, and like the cool thing to see is if you stick with it long enough. So anyone who might be listening that, you know, just getting into mopeds and, you know, can't figure out how to make stuff work or, you know, stuff's blowing up on them. They don't know how to tune it, whatever. Um, what's what's kind of cool and what I see still in myself is like if you ever like are working on a project and for whatever reason you like put it away and then like a year or two down the line you you break it back out and you look at what you had done then and if you say like oh man I would never do it like this that means that you've learned a ton <laughs> yeah, yeah. and your skills have totally changed and you can do it better now and keep going it just takes time and doing it over and over again
1: that's for sure dude where as far as like uh, back to your badavises, man. Like I, mm. so you have what was one of my once my coveted love bike, and I and I haven't ridden it or worked on it in two years. I had a, I had a, my badavis Grand Prix when we got mm. we got twinsies, and I was like, finally, I finally got one of those Brett <laughs> bikes, and I was so pumped on it because like I, like I got in the game like in the French game, and I was like had the motor and like I saw that you had that picture, and like. Yo, Brett, Brett, got the mic attack. pulley. No one's got that <laughs> shit. Like they sold out instantly. I
0: had, I had two of those actually. Uh, I sold one uh, to uh, oh, I think Mike in uh, Chicago got it. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I have that. I actually have two Grand Prixs. I've got a blue one and a gold one, that's and sweet. I've got matching Mondials for them. So okay. I've got a blue and a gold Mondial as well.
1: Yeah, that's tight. Like I had, they I had do. the blue one. We bought, I bought the matching pair. Me and one of the homies in black, black. We bought a gold one and a blue one from the Hot and ready's. Mm-hmm. And like I painted mine black, like instantly, of course, because was like black, black, you know. <laughs> bad, bad idea. But still, it was still cool. It was still a fun bike. But those are rad, dude. I was just like, I always lurked at your bike because I was like, yo, he's got the Microtech pulley. No one has it. It's got to be the fastest thing ever. <laughs>
0: It was, that thing ripped ass for a while. Um, it, it was really fun. Um, I, I, but I mean, I wasn't always best at like being able to tune that bike because it was super high strung. I remember at one rally in, uh, I think it was a black, black rally in Colorado. Um, our, it might've been a, a, uh, zombie rally in, in Tennessee. I don't know. I've been to too many rallies. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the faces blend together and the locations are off. Um, but uh, Jono and I were on uh, both on Grand Prix and we had kind of you know worked our way through the pack. You know, like you know speeding up a little bit. The other guy you know speeds up a little bit. Kind of you know toying with each other that we're going to race. And we get up to the front where the leaders are, and uh, the road just like not only straightens out, but just becomes fresh, newly laid-down asphalt. Oh, man. <laughs> and, like, John looked at me and goes, barp, barp, and I look over at him, and I'm like, yep. V- 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 and so <laughs> we just take the fuck off and, like, leave the pack behind and are just absolutely flying, like, full-tucked on these Grand Prixs that are built the fuck out. Because he was rocking the uh, Micatech uh, cases oh, with the, the variator and then a Doppler clutch and some, like, insane top-end uh, that only worked if it was revving like fifteen thousand RPM, um, and I was on, I believe, a Ported Guller Donaghet Polini cases twenty uh, one PHBG with reeds, uh, ER two and MicaTech clutch, yeah. um, and I don't know what our what our gearing was. So we were pretty well matched, and we were lying, and like he was getting a bit of an edge on me, and like starting to like kind of get ahead, and then you just heard him, his motor just going. Yep. And just hard just <laughs> bam, and like, like it, it was short-lived. The happiness I felt by beating Jono because I really got into mopeds after I had seen his like insanely fast Peugeot build that I was now racing. Yeah, um, and then like a three seconds after he sees my engine like, going, yep! and like just totally sees as well. And then on opposite sides of the fucking road, the entire pack comes by. And all the stock slow mopeds, they all have <laughs> shit eating grins. Seeing the two guys out front that just blew their kits up. And like, finally, everyone goes by, a couple of people hand back to like get, like, you know, help us out. I go over, I try to help Jonah or Jono, and it's just, it is fucked. It is so seized. Mm-hmm. Nothing's moving. It, it has welded itself into a chunk of molten aluminum. Um, somehow I got mine to, uh, it was just soft seized and I got it to break free, and uh, I finished the rally, but totally had to replace that kit later.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's sick. That's such a fun story. (laughs) Like, he had the craziest, like, 103s and stuff back in the day. Like, his, like, Peugeot. Oh, God, yeah. He was definitely, like, top-tier, like, Peugeot guy in the moped scene.
0: Yeah, but then you look at the rest of the bike, and, like, none of the cable's, like they're all like half bent and crooked and like the wheels weren't true and the brakes didn't work. And you're just like, fuck man. Yeah. You don't give a
1: fuck. Yeah, that's some black, black shit. Real, real fast, but rat- ratty.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like that's one thing that I tell people whenever they're building mode, it's down at my shop. Now I'm just like, cool. Yeah. I can make this go real fast if you want, but have you considered slowing down?
1: Yeah. Stop. It's equally doors, important. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been like, I listen Every- like, we, I can't remember, we had a, I did like an episode with someone, one of the guys from Land Squids, sorry, I can't remember the name right now, but it was like, he was like, just listening to him talk about bikes and building, and like, he's like, dude, but the, that bike had the, had my fucking, my wheels, like, and I'm like, what? You know, for a second, I was like, I kind of paused, because like, most people talk about their bikes, and they're just like, yeah, I had this part, and this part, and this kit, and this mm-hmm. thing, and he was like, man, that bike had my wheels, I'm like, what do you mean, you know, kind of like. The wheels and he's like yeah like Machine perfectly the brake Plates were machine uh-huh. perfectly They were brand new lace they were True and like spun Just right so it's like Your bike goes fast yeah But when, do your brakes drag are your wheels True like does it actually brake good like those things mm-hmm. Are like key components To making your bike fast that a lot of people Miss
0: oh god especially If you're doing it on a moped like motobicon brakes are fucking what like four inch circle yeah. like you're you're not stopping and you can make this like insanely same like that uh yeah safety safety second right
1: <laughs> safety second moped shout out let's go <laughs> <laughs> dude so so you grew up in this town what where, where, where was it again kansas, kansas I City? Gir-
0: oh i grew I grew up, in, no, I live in Kansas City now, um, but I grew up in the buckle of the Bible Belt, Waco, Texas. If you don't know where that Man. is, point to the middle of Texas and your finger is on where I grew up. Um, and Waco is the nearest town close by, so it, you know, it's, that's it. That's all you can really say about it. It's the town that that happened. I think because people were driving from Dallas to Austin, ran out of gas, <laughs> or just like, well, suck it. We live here now. That's- um
1: but like, yeah. What, what, like, uh, I'm, am trying to think, like, how your moped, how you grew into this bigger picture of mopeds from a town like that, mm-hmm. when like you, you're just working on this bad with probably no one else around you riding.
0: Oh well, I didn't start working on mopeds until mm-hmm. I was already in can in Lawrence, Kansas, um, and in college. Okay. And and yeah, when I first got into mopeds, where I first got my first moped, I didn't know anyone in the moped community or or anything like that and that was, it kind of went on like that for a while um and eventually you know enough google searches constantly lead you to moped army and you're like okay what is this thing where cuz you know if you don't know how to navigate it very well it's uh, very tricky and the general discussion forum at the time was very poorly moderated um so
1: forum fuck face
0: yeah it's like what's all these videos of Lisa and these braces jesus fuck um yeah, that's how old we are. Anyone who's listening and understands that reference, <laughs> you're old like us. Uh, that's God damn it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I think eventually I post I kind of reached my the end of my understanding of how to fix this thing at the time, and so I just asked if there was anyone in Kansas or Lawrence that uh, knew how to like work on these, and eventually I think. Ed, Edward Richardson from, uh, he was in Breakfast Mafia in Kansas City at the time, um, which was a Kansas City moped gang called Breakfast Mafia. And I went to like one of their meetups and got some help and, you know, got, you know, it wasn't running still, but got a good direction. And then through them, met riders and Lawrence. And then I think that was like a week before they were going to go down to an Austin rally. Uh, And I didn't get to go, but then, like, rallies later in that year, I started going to rallies. So it kind of went from not knowing anyone in the moped community to going to one meetup and then meeting everyone in the moped community within like a couple months. That's tight. Yeah. Oh, the first rally I ever went to was a uh, Bourbon Bandits rally. And that rally was fucking dope. Um, It's back when. Like four hundred plus mopeds would go to a rally at one time, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't even know where I was half the time. But it was amazing, and you're riding through all these hills, you know. And and I was on a bone stock Badibus Regency that went twenty eight maybe, <laughs> um, and I fucking broke down. <laughs> The The bike was running. It was fine. My goddamn chain snapped in half, trying to like go up a hill, uh, you know, because it's stock bike. So you try to get a, like the highest speed possible before you go up the hill because mm-hmm. you know you're going to lose all of your speed and have to pedal. And just that load was just like snap. Uh, yeah. like I mean, that was the original it, chain. I had, I did not know better. Yeah. I just, yeah.
1: That's funny, dude. I don't know, man, like, mopeds are so great. It's just such a funny thing to think about, like, like especially now, like, hitting a rally with a stock bike, like... Oh, I would love it. Yeah, people, like, I've seen people, you know, show up on, like, a stock Tomas or something, but that's still doing, like, 35 or something. You're good. You'll be all mm-hmm. right. But, like, a stock Batavist that does under 30, and you're like, yep, mean hit this rally. No problem. I'm not, not even, like, worried about it. Concerned. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but like everyone that I knew in the moped community also had pretty much stock bikes. Well, like maybe like a, a a pinto with like a fifteen bing and a boss pipe was like as good as it got back then. Yeah, like it wasn't like not mad like today, performance yeah. at that time. Yeah, not like today.
1: It's crazy to see and, like how far it's come. Oh man, just
0: I mean, shout out to Benji and the guys at Treats for making it possible. To easily find the parts you need to get all of these things going. Like, do you, can you imagine building half the things you built without treats?
1: Nah, because I, nah, cause, cause man, I cause I've heard the Satan's like because they were the old heads here talk about like the measures they had to go to to do it. You know, hopping on like some foreign. I would have to learn trans- French and translate it, and then like yeah, you know, oh yeah, I did <laughs> that all the time. Like it's hard.
0: Oh man! And talk about like learning what to do over time, getting better with your skills of building stuff. I remember when I first got my first that I thought I had like I had to find the original parts. So like I need a an original piston, or like you, you know now you're just like I have to fucking bolt shove it in mm-hmm. kind of deal, uh, or like you know what parts cross over. And but back then I thought I had to find you know everything exactly as it was. Nos. Uh, yeah, that's that's how we run again. It's the exact part, right? And there are other ways you can do the same thing. Yeah, uh,
1: the workaround. around, dude. So you met like all these new people, and you kind of like been bombarded with the moped scene, and you're hitting rallies. Like, what were what were just some of the places you guys were going that like really stood out to you?
0: Well, I tell you what. So uh, at the time I lived in Kansas City, still do. And the interesting thing about Kansas City is, is ten hours in any direction from anything geographically interesting. <laughs> so every rally uh, that I would go to is you know about the same distance. You know, go to Chicago, it's eight hours. Go to Denver, it's um, you know ten. Go down to Austin, about fourteen. Uh, same thing with going to New Orleans, uh, Louisville, Nashville, about you know 10-ish. Uh, I think I already said Chicago, it's eight. And so I go to all these r- in the, the center point of all of these rallies that happen all summer long. So basically once a month go to a rally, it's in a different town. And it was awesome because you start forming all these friendships, like, like with you and their friendships you only have for one week at an, at a time, maybe a few times a summer. Yeah. And it's just so good to like go to a rally and like see all these people that you've kind of, more or less in my case, grew up with. Cause I came from such a sheltered upbringing. Like mm-hmm. these are the people that know me as the person that I am now, not like this false version of myself that I once was. Yeah. So
1: it's cool. And it's like those relationships like burn, like, really bright it's like <laughs> we're like a flash pan it's like yeah we we meet up for the weekend and it's on and we're like everyone's like so happy to see each other and it's like and then like all right it simmers mm-hmm. down and then you see them at the next rally and it burns a little brighter
0: yeah well also one of my favorite things of going to a moped rally is you can finally get out all that nerd energy you have about like just tiny displacement two-strokes <laughs> and you can talk about it in very technical terms, there are people around the fire or the bar that you're sitting at are just nodding yeah. along like, yeah, I'm right with you. Here's some more lingo that you never get to use yeah. in day-to-day conversations with people that don't care. <laughs> and yeah, so that's always fun. Yeah. I, I do very much enjoy that when you finally meet up with moped people.
1: Definitely. Because there's definitely like that like group, or not group, but there's definitely like the people that are in your life that you annoy with moped talk, and they, they just are over it after a certain time. They're like, all right, man,
0: like, Oh God, we, I learned we, long we ago. <laughs> yeah. I you learned know, like, long ago that none voice. of my friends give a shit about like all the things I could talk about. That's, that's the one thing. Like, I wish I had a cool like party skill, like, like a cool party skill. is like, you know, there's a guitar in the corner and like you walk up to it and you start playing like really amazing, you know, instrumental guitar and you're like, Oh shit, I didn't know he could do that. That's the main thing. Or like, yeah same kind of thing like there's a piano you sit down and play you know some ridiculous sonata and you're just like fuck i did not know that that's so cool like the equivalent of that in my life it's just like hey does anybody want to come out to the driveway and watch me disassemble todd's car i'm <laughs> yeah. real good at it you guys want to see me like, properly clean like, this
1: carburetor
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a cool party skill people care about i can so when you go to a moped rally finally you're around people that appreciate your cool party skill yeah. you're like oh man let's go check out my bike i'll pull the top end off right now i don't mm-hmm. give a shit like
1: mm-hmm. watching someone do so. some like side of the road fix like at a moped rally is like the the party trick like what yeah you can use a stick for that <laughs>
0: oh god old man tricks i love old man tricks you don't have
1: a piss and stop you just shove your t-shirt in the hole what the fuck wait that works yeah it's not ideal but like i don't have tools I'm (laughs) dude that party trick thing is super sick because that like really hits 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 hard for me because i remember just like being younger and like being in bands and stuff and hanging out and going to parties and like i'd have like the one friend who was like the guy he'd 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 hop on the piano and slay it (laughs) he'd he'd pick up an acoustic and do like five like emo like fucking serenades. fucking that everyone loved like oh my god he just he just murdered some dashboard song everyone's pumped like (laughs) and then like and then even past that all the things that i thought was kind of like lame that i wasn't really into when i was younger like magic yo-yoing. All these little things that, like, people get really sick at when they're young, and then, like, Mm -hmm. you get to, like, college age, and it's like, yeah, they were cool at this, but no one really cared, and they kind of, like, didn't do it for a couple years, and I'm just being, being, like, like my young 20s at, like, a raging party, like, everyone's killing in his backyard, having a blast, and some kid just, like, busts out, like, yo-yo and starts doing, like, world world fucking series yo-yo <laughs> yo yo moves dude like I think Felman yeah, from fucking out west is a sick sick at yo yo's too but he just killed it with his yo yo and everyone's like oh watching this guy yo yo at like twenty two years old. You're like what the fuck is happening right now? Or sick yeah. magic tricks. You know, if someone's really good at magic like card tricks and illusions and stuff. Like I'm like alright you can you can like you can lead any like a uh, social group like you got it. Mm-hmm. The magic yeah, guy he's so back.
0: My- my other super dumb moped party skill is, um, I do this a lot in my shop, like, and it's always the same thing. Some old dude comes in, and like anyone who rides mopeds has, has had this happen at a gas station when you're filling up as well. You know, there's an old dude across the street. And see his eyes lit up, super excited, and you know he's come across the street to talk to you. And you're like, All right, here's a twenty minute conversation I don't wanna have. Bring it on, old dude. <laughs> and um and then he, he comes over and he's like, I used to have me one of them and you're like, Oh, really? Awesome, what kind it was a Peugeot of and you're like, I don't think that's a thing. Um and so my dumb moped party skill um is pretty accurately if you tell me what color your moped was, I can tell you what it was. And this happens all the time. Like an old dude will come in my shop. He'll see a couple mopeds laying around. Be like, Oh, you have to have one of them. I go, do you know what it was? He goes, Oh no, I can't remember. And I go, you know, what color is it? And he'll say, it was like a, a dark green. I'm like, that was probably a Vespa Chow. Like name another moped that came in dark green.
1: Hmm. I don't have one for dark green. I have like a red. like a like a minky kind of green.
0: Right, but that would be a different moped. Like if you really think about it, unless it's black, not a whole lot of the moped brand shared colors. Besides like black and red.
1: And yellow. We we had a few yellows.
0: Yeah, Babs
1: had yellow, Pook had
0: the Pinto which came in yellow, but like there was, was a Maxi S and yeah, but that was rare, so that usually isn't the case. You can usually okay. roll that one out. And we
1: had two yellow uh,
0: hobbits. Well, you know, if they so if they say they had a yellow moped, my first guess is always, oh, you have had a Honda hobbit. Yeah. And then if it's not, then it probably jumps to then it was probably a motobacon fifty v And that's also like, what part of the country are you in when someone's asking you? That.
1: What would you, you say? Figure I out said where all the hot spots. I had are. an orange moped. And it's factory orange. Yeah.
0: All right um I hope it's not an orange robin. Um but it could have been. No, but like Adam orange. Oh really? Maliguti motor. They're weird. Um let's see, an orange moped. That's like a oh. tough
1: one because it was like my first moped.
0: Well, I know that there are some vests that came in orange and also there is an orange motobicon Yeah. And I it. can't think of it, the orange 50v
1: yeah had a orange 50v yeah
0: okay yeah uh, was, like there weren't too many orange ones there was like there's a fat of this that was like a weird red orange too um but yeah that's about it
1: what about brown
0: or ups magnum
1: yeah that's an easy one
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a super easy one
1: <laughs> i was, like just to throw that out there the curveball that's like actually just easy <laughs> The ball yeah. never
0: broke. <laughs> well, or, I mean, it could have been a Garelli uh, in a Y Top Tank. Um, they came Brown. But, yeah, isn't that a useful skill? I haven't used this moped <laughs> knowledge in so long, yet somehow it's still stuck in my brain. And, you know what, I wish I could just, like, you know, collect a lot of this useless information I've learned over time and just turn it into, like, kind of trade it in for, like, a cool karate move or, like, something that's more useful in my life. Just God, it's it's the worst. Like I can't remember people's names after meeting them, but I can tell you everything about how to rebuild a Batavist Laura M forty eight. Yeah, who needs that knowledge? Uh, I, I
1: ask you this: <laughs> some sixteen year old kid in the middle of the country just found his first moped.
0: Yep, he's, and he's look, I looking will for you totally, right now. <laughs> I will totally help those people. Like I have, I like. Yeah. I, I, over time in my years in mopeds, I did kind of build up a reputation as being the dude you could go to when you needed like bad of a help or info. Uh, it's either like me or trick Walt. He knew a lot about M48 as well, but I would make it M56 fast. So anyway, um, I, I basically got so tired of explaining the same thing over and over and over and over again. I, I had like a Word document that just had all the problems that of have in like my very lengthy and well-rehearsed response of like how to fix it. And it, every time I get an email, I'd be like, all right, this one, copy paste. There you go, man. Good luck. That
1: sounds like You that sound got like this thing, and, thing and smarter right there, dude. Time saver.
0: Yeah, but it felt kind of just in genuine, like <laughs> the first time I did it, because I really do care about like getting people up and going and like helping them to like, learn about like stuff and like figure stuff out because like, Think of how think of it like this. You how should post that time? to the
1: wiki, dude. Just like Brett's. Uh, oh, I have. Bat, bat- I, a I did long
0: time ago. I should write my own bad of section. But again, what a what a weird waste of time. <laughs> Who cares? Um, but yeah, I know too much about bad of moped. I keep circling around to that. Uh, we could talk about the two other weird things that I did in moped. Which was the moped pat and the pinball
1: run. Yeah. Like, we've actually recently been, like, kind of talking about that in the last couple episodes here and there. Because, uh, this which year's you year, Both. Uh, this year's Baker's mm. Dozen just, uh, finished a couple of weeks ago. It ended in Richmond. So we hosted, mm-hmm. like, the, uh, the finish line at Thomas and uh, Ashley's house from the Rebel Browsers. And then, mm-hmm. um, we had a couple follow up episodes with some of the people that were, were in the race. And then, uh, we did. I did an episode, like, two or three weeks ago with Sean from Black Black about the, Mm -hmm. you know, first pinball run and the Baker's Dozen. And I was like, that's kind of why I thought about you again. I was like, yo, I got to get Brett on because, like, because, like, their journey of the TAT, you know, stopped at a certain point. And they're like, yeah, I think they're all like, yeah, I think, like, Brett, like, finished it. And, like... I I did. (laughs) And you had, like, the setup. Like, you have, like, for those who... Don't know. Just go to like his Instagram account or something. Uh, we'll shout it out, or I'll put in the link and stuff at the end of the episode. But like Brett's page, first thing you see when you go to his Instagram page is his Jeep with a bike rack on the back and a rooftop tent. Ever since I saw that setup, I've been fucking obsessed. Like this yeah. is the ultimate rally setup. Like going going to a rally. So correct. Going to a rally deep with your friends. Awesome. Renting a trailer and babysitting all these people and wasting time because they want to stay in the bathroom forever and have to fucking find them and fish them out and like unlock their bikes because they lost the key to their lock so you can leave is awesome, but it's also a pain in the ass. Having a vehicle for yourself and your one bike and a rooftop tent so you're fully contained and can sleep on your own and do the whole rally thing without having to worry about anyone else's problems is the adult way to do it. Yeah.
0: The first time I had like that, the Jeep and the rooftop tent, people were like being creepy looking me up. First time I had that installed on my, my car and the first rally I went to was a Salute Your Ports rally up in Michigan. It was like a campsite that was on a lake and they had jet skis and it was fucking rad. They actually had the whole rally sponsored by, by Four Locos. So they had a pallet for loco and they had a dance floor that they had like made in the forest with like, you know, tarps as like a ceiling, and like, it was awesome. And, uh, and, and I, I did not know at the time for loco was 14% alcohol. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, uh, you know, rides over. It's the Saturday night party. Dance is about to start at the time. I, uh, did not imbibe in any illegal substances. So the only thing I get uh, my white ass to dance is to chug this four loco, of which I did plenty of because I didn't know I was about to make so, a bad decision. <laughs> I got so drunk, and in the first time in my life, I blacked out. Oh, man. Apparently, I had a great time on the <laughs> dance floor because the next day I was told that I, I did. But this was my memory of the night. I was dancing, and the next thing I knew, I was in a creek, face down, vomiting <laughs> so much. And uh, when you've chugged like three or four Four locos, that is a rainbow vomit. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like I woke up, or then I blacked out again. And the next morning, I woke up in my rooftop tent in a different change of clothes having had the most cozy sleep ever. So I can't advocate that for the rooftop tent enough, you can apparently even get in them in a blackout truck.
1: Yeah. Solid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a great rally. And yeah, I, a good rally setup is, is awesome. Yeah. So you remember that rally down in Austin where it flooded on us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. For, for anyone who wasn't at that rally, I don't know, like six years ago, I don't know. A, a, a while back, there was a rally in Austin, and the rally HQ was on a farm, uh, kind of out in the outskirts of Austin, beautiful and farm. had this great
1: ride to get Oh, there. beautiful
0: farm! There's a there's like a, a creek on it, and there was kind of shit weather all weekend. It kept raining on us. We kept getting stuck in thunderstorms, and then you know Saturday night party hits. We're all in this like lean-to barn, mm-hmm. toy toy bike
1: for everyone to rip around.
0: Oh yeah, around the lake, and like people are like just partying their asses off. It's a fantastic time, and it goes way late in the night. And at some point in the middle of the night, after everyone had like drifted off and found their tents or whatnot, a motherfucker of a storm came through, and and um, I'm gonna fast forward the story because this was this was my perspective on it. So I slept through the storm in my in my rooftop tent. It was off the ground. It was super sturdy. It was, you know, I, I didn't get wet. You know, we flew around a lot, but, you know, massive storm. So the next morning, I'm all kind of bright-eyed, tail, I go back, you know, around to go find everyone else. And I walk up on just a sea <laughs> of hate-filled eyes <laughs> staring at me because... I am dry, and I am chipper. And there's about 25 people in front of me who are holding a small solo cup with coffee in it because they didn't get a fuck all asleep because their tits floated down the creek somewhere, and they slept outside in the rain. And I, oh, man, I felt so bad. And, like, like everyone
1: hated me so much because I was dry. Oh, but it was the best. So yeah, yeah, get yourself a rooftop tent. They're amazing. Yeah, dude, that rally was super fun. Like for for being, that was for that was super a great rally. rally yeah. Just got rained on pretty much the entire time. It was rad. Like the ride started, and we like we make it down the street, and the heavens open up. So we hit a gas station. And we're like, all right, Yeah, and we just all huddle
0: under yeah, the gas station. We're in a for gas a station,
1: like chilling 20, 20 minutes, thirty minutes. And we're like, all right, cool. It started dying down. We hopped back on the bikes. We rode maybe, maybe four or five miles to some bar to like kinda like sit out the rest of the rain. And we're just in this bar rolling dice, gambling, like having a good old time. And then we're like, All right, it's kinda dying down, dude. Let's get it. And we like took off and like left Austin and just went out to the middle of nowhere. And Johnno right. and fucking someone else in Black Black were on some crotch rocket, like, riding yeah, ducks, that was like blasting the whole pack, doing a hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the ratty looking crotch rocket, like, yeah, hundred miles an hour past the pack. And then the further out we got, we got rained on some more, and then it just started getting cold, and we're, like, freezing our dicks mm-hmm. off. We hit some gas station, and I, like, I run in, like, this, like... uh they had like a thrift store next door. I ran in a thrift store and I just bought like <laughs> a scarf and like a beanie because I didn't and, and I and I made gloves out of them and was like, all right, I'm good. Like some shitty hoodie jacket or something I bought used. <laughs> like thrift stores are your best bet for moped rallies. Whenever you bring, don't bring the things you should have brought.
0: Oh, and uh, everyone should go to whatever town they're in, find a thrift store once they get there, and buy a party shirt.
1: Ooh, yeah. Are party shirts still a thing? That was a thing uh, for a while. I had a Mickey Mouse cardigan at the uh <laughs> at the at the Petty Cash rally that I got from a thrift store. It was awesome.
0: Right. Uh no, I I got my party shirt from uh thrift store in New Orleans uh for a rally there. because uh, I wasn't doing too hot, going through some life stuff and some people were trying to cheer me up. They're like, All right, we're gonna go get you a party shirt. So we went to the thrift store and I got a pearl snap western shirt that looks like Guy Fieri threw up on it. It is flamed up the arm and like around the pearl snap. It is ridiculous. And that's my moped party shirt now. That's so yeah. I, highly, I highly recommend like let's be honest. Mopeds are awesome because they're dumb. Like they they shouldn't exist. They do. They're dumb. They're like people who take themselves too seriously and ride mopeds just aren't getting it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So like if you go to a rally and you're worried about like if you fit in or if you're going to like stand out or be weird, uh, don't, don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. just the, the less shit you give, the more people will love you.
1: That's a fact.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. yeah. But
1: yeah,
2: man,
0: that, that like I, rally was man, sick. I, that really was sick. Ugh.
1: good time. Lots of rain. But there's still like an epic picture of a cowboy dancing in in the rain on a yes. picnic table, shirtless, shirtless, yeah. doing
0: the best. Uh, oh fuck, what's that movie? Flash, not
1: Flashdance. Uh, eh, uh what's that movie? Fucking. Magic, yeah, Mike. with the chain, <laughs> magic, magic well, table.
0: Oh my god, with this goddamn, you know, handlebar mustache coming down with cowboy hat. And like, what what, what always got me about cowboys, he swears that, you know, never done single ounce anything in my time. This is just me doing this. I'm like, man, I, that would have to be very drug assisted for me to, <laughs> you know, gyrate on a picnic table in the middle of a lightning and thunderstorm in the middle of Texas,
1: <laughs> yeah. Brad,
0: <laughs> yeah, red. And then we like most of the rallies are rad
1: We like inducted a couple Ooh. people in black back at that rally. They got the baby powder smacked to the face.
0: Mm-hmm. Got their their cardboard patches ripped off.
1: Yeah, it was good times, man. Dude, uh, so here's another fucking fun one that I kind of want to bring up because like a lot of people in this country don't get to experience this. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to talk a little bit about like going to the Salt Flats?
0: Oh yeah, I've done that multiple times. Uh, so yeah, I've ridden when I did the moped TAT, uh, I took a bit of a detour and rode across the salt flats, uh, on my moped, but I've gone back multiple times and ridden my motorcycles out there. Uh, the salt flats are kind of a weird surface and, uh, it's a completely kind of changing surface too. So depending on the time of year, it might be underwater. So don't just expect to go out there and be able to like do Bonneville speedruns. Um, it, like it's kind of a seasonal affair. So, um, if you go too early in the spring, it'll be under like three or four inches of water. You can still drive on it in places. Um, but it's you know, wet and then everything. I, I did that in my Jeep, which was super fun. You know, splashing around in water on the salt flats because it's this like pristine aquamarine blue. And like everywhere you look in like the forever distance is just this line that stretches across to the horizon that's broken up by like jagged peak mountains that are being like their, their beauty is only being overshadowed by the fact that the sun's going down, producing the most amazing colors you've ever seen in your life, which are only reflected in the clear water underneath you. And it's, it's super pretty and super amazing. But just know, if you drive in the water, uh, everything will immediately start rusting and corroding because <laughs> it is super, super, super salty water. <laughs> So pressure wash everything afterwards. Yeah. No, but the, the salt surface itself, when you actually ride on it, so there's the Bonneville salt flats themselves, which are kinda getting smaller, um, because, you know, climate change and whatnot. Um, but uh there's a good seven miles that is completely rolled hard. So they've rolled it so it's like it's a really hard, hard, hard surface. Uh the rest of it is like this thin, super thin kind of Saltine cracker crust mm. uh, Of dried minerals That are on the top and then if you break Through that it's like Medieval primal ooze <laughs> um, So you can, you can easily Get stuck in it and so if you go right on it you have to put all of your weight On the back of your bike To float your front wheel so your front wheel Doesn't break through and just go as fast As you can which you can totally do Because you have infinite like, Run out in every direction to do Whatever and it's so cool um, yeah. So, I mean, when I did it on the TAT and the moped, I was just like doing these big loops and having fun. And I was like, there's like a, a rock. I can see way out there. I'm going to ride to that rock. And I get out there and it was, uh, a a pair of pants.
2: <laughs> that
0: was weird. I cause, like, you're, that, that was real weird. You're just like in the middle of absolute nothing and nowhere. And you're like, why are there pants here? <laughs> there's a story that I don't, not sure if I want to know. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, the salt flats are rad. Um, if you are riding a bike that is water-cooled on the salt flats, um, know that as you ride, you're filling up your radiator with, like, really fine stuff. Uh, like, And so, like, I overheated a bike once out there. and like, got really hot, started getting mad at me, and so I stopped and cooled it down. So I didn't realize my radiator, like, all the little slips between them was filling up with all this fine mineral deposits sand, salt stuff. Oh yeah. Um and so yeah, so my cooling system just went to shit. Oh no
1: note, uh, note taken. Yeah. <laughs> That's rad though. Yeah, trying, so if you're, I definitely need to go there. Writing, it's like a bucket list thing for sure for me.
0: And it's it's two hours outside of Salt Lake. Like go. And if you go and you're in Bonneville already, uh go like a couple miles further. Um you can camp so So let me kind of give you the lay of the land. So Salt Lake City, uh, giant Mormon city, where it is next to impossible to uh, get a beer. Um, If you go across the salt flats, so you go west out of Salt Lake, you're on a highway for about two hours. And then eventually you're just kind of driving through the salt flats. And at any point, it's legal to just like veer off the road and just go drive anywhere the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. Do it. You can. It's awesome. Um, and then when you get to the backside of the salt flats, that's you're actually in Nevada now. And so Nevada, because they care about people, uh, nice. there's campsites right around the edge of the salt flats that you can camp on. Um, and I highly recommend uh, going up those mountains and then like a five miles like up the mountain to the other side. Is uh, well, it's Nevada, so there's a bunch of casinos. And you can go do whatever and get a steak dinner and, like, waste some money on flats and, you know, have way too much drink and go back to your campsite. Yeah.
1: that. So do like that next time
0: you're out of Bonneville.
1: Good time. Oh, good weekend. Take it all in.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I've always wanted to go out for Speed Week. I've never made it out there to, like, see the motorcycles that, like, go 200-plus miles an hour out there on the flat.
1: Yeah, you're going for the record.
0: Yeah. I would like to try for another two stroke fan speed record. That would be
1: dope. The chase. But have you been following on um, two stroke you... stuffing? No. Oh yeah. Check that dude out on YouTube. Like, so his goal was like to build like the world's fastest like two stroke like motor, like for the for the displacement size. And like Is that the guy that made the AM six motor that was like turbocharged? No, but he's built some other crazy, like, thing, he's just, I don't know, he's, like, his mind's wild, he was building some, like, 100% of board exhaust thing, that was, like, crazy, and didn't really work, he brought a bike over from, like, another country, and, like, it got, like, the salt flats got rained out, so, like, the bike's still here in the states or something, and now he's, like, working on, like, some, like, forced induction rotary valve, moped like, cylinder thing, it's crazy, like, Wow. Yeah, just his YouTube's like the whole hole goes deep. He built his own dyno. He fucking did his own Nicosil lining, like and, and casting, like in his garage. Like <laughs> like he, he started using some like two part pistons that screw together so you're like rings like encapsulated, like you don't you can't take it on and off without taking the piston apart. Like all sorts of wild two stroke shit that I never even heard of or thought about.
0: Yeah, but what's his cool special party skill? <laughs>
1: Um, probably building (laughs) log cabins (laughs) yeah some some other weird shit he does on the side right man yeah that's just when you think
0: you're getting better at building stuff you hear about guys like that and you're like well why even try yeah
1: there's also like a new wave of moped dudes in Florida who aren't even new they're like old heads that have been apparently down in deep Florida drag racing mopeds for money for years full support Like using like methanol nitrate gas or whatever the fuck. I don't even know what it's called. And like using like nitrous boosts, like on pooks, like crazy shit.
0: Yeah. I don't understand how that works at all. Sounds like you just instantly see
1: you. Yeah. They're doing something down there, man. I don't I, don't, uh, I, I Biggie, still, don't, don't I still think Don't put the idea in my head to
0: build a nice moped because I fucking them. will figure it out.
1: I think no. the moped community needs a full out once a year. All right, we have a drag race going down in Florida. Like they got the mm. track rented. Like everyone bring your moped out. Like if you're if your club or your team thinks you got it, I think it wouldn't be hard for each club to put together their money. In their heads, and get one jockey rider, and be like, "Yeah, my club's building this bike, and it's just like a showdown, like club versus club, or like you know, builder versus builder." Ooh. And we have one major well, drag in, racing in here. All, in all honesty,
0: in all, all you know, I'll put this out there, and maybe people will challenge me back. But the Midwest is going to kill it at drag racing, and it's because that's how we fucking build our bikes anyway. We don't have to go like you <laughs> no know, hills, max torque, no tor- yeah. We had- Flap forever, like like. Look at my twenty two tooth rocket on this poke. I go a billion. Like, yeah, it's really easy to make your bike go seventy miles an hour when you can use like an eight mile run up. Okay. Like,
1: but that's the thing with the drag strip, yeah. dude. You have limited time. What are you guys running a quarter mile? Like, you don't have like miles to build up the speed. So, mm-hmm. so, you're, so your gearing yeah. has to be set up just right too. Your gearing, your clutch, your your motor, all of it's got to work together. To get you from A oh, to yeah. B fastest, not necessarily go the fastest.
0: Yeah, so speaking of drag races, like the resurrection of the twin engine build was supposed to happen a few years back uh, because I was hosting a moped rally at my shop here in Kansas City for mm-hmm. the spicy boys. There you go. And um, Walt Trickmetric uh, up in Michigan, um, he wanted to have a drag race to see who's king bad of us. And I was like, all right, I game on, let's do this. I'm totally into it. Um, and so we came to a gentleman's agreement that we had to use stock Laura M48 cases. Like you could do anything else that you wanted to do, but you had to start with M48 cases. I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And so I knew I had to do something real weird and like over the top because well, no slouch. I mean, he fucking makes your hammer clutch in your book right now, or, like, all these, like, ridiculous stuff, like, you know, Hobbit, like, dio capable reed valve adapter blades. Like, a lot of people have bought his stuff over time, and he's got a fantastic mind for this stuff. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. I'm gonna have to get weird or, like, lean into these rules a little bit that we made for ourselves. So, um, we agreed that we had to use stock cases we did not say how many cases (laughs) we could use so i took that as a i'm gonna like rebuild this twin engine to something stupid and so i like completely over-engineered it um i took um it's got tomos cranks in it um that um in like the tomos crank is will fit in the lobe for an m48 but a uh it's one millimeter too wide um so you have to uh i, I made a custom metal spacer and then base gas on either side um and so then that fits and being held in by some weird ass honda bearing uh and seals because uh the m56 crank arms, first our 48 crank arms are smaller than the tomos crank arms mm-hmm. And then I'm running, uh, Puk or, uh, Aerosol 70cc Eurokits. Um, and the stroke of a Tomos and Pook are the same, but don't really match up with the bad of a stroke. So I had to lay it out custom base plate spacers to make it all work. Um, and then like the cranks are locked together at 180 degrees offset. Um, and had a treat pdi running a waste park condition so that this spark would happen like at top and bottom and so if you hook that up to two different leads then basically you have your 180 degree offset like charge mm-hmm. to time both um and then on top of all that i variated it what so yeah it's variated <laughs> uh to so it is a 140cc twin engine Batavis M48 running 2 Euro kit that has a Doppler ER3 uh hooked up to a reinforced Doppler uh clutch pulley and two uh Doppler Fujo pipes. oh oh and I revalved it so I I I revalved the um both Euro because those are physics important Okay, so
1: so down the rabbit yeah. down the rabbit hole I've gone. <laughs> uh, 140cc twin engine Batavis rebuild part two. That's the thread you're looking yeah. for in Moped Army.
0: Where you yeah, you are. Oh, did you, did you go look up all the pictures? Yeah,
1: I just lurked yeah. real hard, real quick. I'm in, I'm in there. <laughs> so, it's sick looking. So I I
0: haven't been on Moped Army in years at this point. Um, and a few weeks ago... Because there's guys in Kansas City that are going to build mopeds to go up and race the Moped GP. Mm-hmm. So I got on the, on Moped Army. I was like, all right, I'll finish this engine if anybody wants to allow this to race in Moped GP. And uh, you know, people were like, I thought, <laughs> like, like I thought you were dead. I thought this, like, it's never going to be finished, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've ordered a fuck ton of parts, and I'm going to try to get it all together and go race uh, in September on that thing in Moped GP. Fuck.
1: Yeah, it's gonna make me have to come out there. Fuck. <laughs> I'm like September, yeah. September,
0: so, so, September. So far, it, like it ran, it ran, but it only ran for like you know on the stand. I never had load on it. the The drag race never actually happened because mm-hmm. basically Walt showed up like not having finished his bike. I didn't finish my bike in time. we were just like you know drinking in the middle of the rally while everybody's like having a good time doing whatever and just wrenching on bikes on two stands side by side having like a build off during mm-hmm. the rally. And we both got our bikes to fire, but um, yeah, we'd never had the drag race. And also, I'm not calling Walt out. He's a fantastic person and a great friend, but he so cheated. Uh, <laughs> um, so we, you because, put two motors like, like, together
1: and you're like, he cheated.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, he totally cheated because uh, we agreed to use stock cases uh, and he straight up milled his own version of a stock M48 case out of uh. billet. So you just like Uh, cut it out of a chunk of aluminum and like, "Eh, I mean, you know what? I'll I'll let that pass. If you have the technical ability to make your own bottom end. Yeah. Awesome. Like you deserve to win if that thing works. Like that's insane. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. Dude. I don't know, man. Like you've definitely had like a interesting like time in mopeds. How was like your, your TAT session? Like, did you like, what made you decide to do that?
0: Well, let's see. Well, uh, I think uh, seasonal depression would probably be my best response <laughs> to that. Um, I mean, I grew up in Texas, and I live in Kansas City now, so um, come February when it's not 65 degrees again, uh, I get real sad because I know there's like two and a half more months of just, God, you just walk outside and, and like the wind hurts your face.
2: yeah,
0: And it's so cold, and it's just fucking terrible. And so... I, I basically just needed a project every winter to give myself hope because like it's just so gross here in the winter sometimes. Um, and so yeah, it's just, you know, Willie, Sean, a couple of the guys, um, like we're like, Hey, like we want to do this TAT thing. I'm like, that sounds like a perfect adventure for me to plan for. Let's do this. And so we just started building real dumb bike to take it on. Uh so I built a Gorelli Monza G T into a dual sport that I then took uh, uh all the way to Port Orford in Oregon, um, after the rest of the guys kinda quit uh in Denver. So yeah, that was a great time. Um and and actually that kind of like informed some of the moped or the motorcycle journeys that I do now because now I have a full rigged out the car rally spec ATM six ninety that I will go on multiple month adventures on and live off of it. So I'm like sleeping in a tent on the ground right next to the bike every night. You know, you wake up every morning, ride over mountains, see things that you don't have the poetry of language to even describe, and then every night, you know, figure out where to camp again, fall asleep under the scar the stars scene, the galaxies and just wake in the morning and do it again it's not a bad way to live life and so the TAT thing that i did on the moped was like my first kind of taste of that it took a month and 19 days to get across um and yeah it was it was rad you just kind of i mean i mean this is how naive i was at the time that i did that uh, not only did I do, do it on all paper maps, we didn't have GPS. I just like highlighted routes and atlases and felt lost the entire time. Um, and um, like, I didn't have riding gear. Like, oh shit! I kind of lost the, the train of thought that I was going to talk about. I was what was I saying? <laughs> I was too t- unprepared.
1: Just, and, like, just not being prepared because like you've done it. You're god, doing there's it a so million stories motorcycles. Oh god, yeah, and like. Like so I built
0: all right, we'll talk about the bike and I'll talk more about the adventure. So like I built a Growley Monster G T and if you look at a Girly Monster G T you're like, hmm, uh, that would never go off road and you are right. <laughs> um, so I took the front end off of a um it'd probably be more commonly called like an L M fifty, but the one I got was that a Conti fifty, it's an Italian. Um so if if you're an insane dad and you want your kid to like race motocross and Cobra. he is six to eight years old, you, put him you would Cobra have bought him, him this bike. <laughs> oh my God. It had a Franco-Marini 6 c motor that made 15 and a half horsepower and like inverted front forks um, and like ridiculous suspension. I, before I took that bike apart, would go off jumps on this thing and land it you know, like go like 10 feet in the air. That thing was insane. Um, and so I robbed all the parts off of it to build my Gorilla Monster GT. So put the front forks on it. So I'd have more travel. I custom laced, uh, 16 inch, uh, per race rims into hubs with disc brakes, front and rear, So I could like stop the thing, uh, which my front disc was willfully undersized and my rear disc, uh, caliper was too big. So basically I didn't have brakes. The front couldn't stop, and the rear you had to pump up like a million times to get the pressure needed to actually clamp and stop, mm. which is exactly what you want when you're descending mountain. <laughs> oh, but I remember what I, I remember what I was going to say I was so naive at the time to go on an adventure like this. I was so unprepared. Like I kind of thought that you like go up and over the rocky mountains, and then it just kind of planes back out and then coast. Yeah. That that's not what happens. There's significantly more mountains than that, yeah. um, and so every fucking day on that bike, because it's a triple clutch, what would happen is I would ride up a mountain the whole time, burning up my clutch because it's slipping because I'm going up a mountain on kind of an aggressive two strokes, and by the end of the day, I really the clutch wasn't really engaged anymore, and so I would have to the next morning wake up. Drain the coolant, because it was water-cooled. Capture the coolant, because I have to reuse it, because I'm in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Uh, drain the oil out of it. Capture all that, because it has to go back in. Uh, take the side cover off. Um, pull, use the clutch puller. Pull the clutch out. Reshim the clutch, so that the, the friendship material is worn down enough. Um, and then put it all back together, and hope I shimmed it right, so that it's not either constantly engaged or still not engaging. Dump all the fluids back in, and then take off. Try it again.
1: So and like much, so labor I did, intensive.
0: Oh god, yeah. And, and like I didn't bring the, enough jet. Like I didn't really realize like the jet range I would need going up and down this massive amount of altitude all the time. And so I got so tired of jetting. What I eventually did was just take a tube stock, shove it in the air box. because <laughs> I had relocated the air box on like this like big long hose so that it was up by my hips so I could go through water. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah I was just like oh rich it up shove the sock in more oh it's getting a little too rich pull the sock out uh, and that's how I got across the goddamn country that's so funny.
1: Um. yeah I mean, if you guys want to see but, that bike I um, don't know if you have like a you have like a blog page or something you use where you kept pictures or logs of this besides you know or that or one it, I think got documented car, on
0: Army. well is 77 garage still open like that website yeah well, it's on there. And like a bunch of photos and stuff.
1: Okay, I just found a picture of it just on Moped Army. It's like under like a Gurelli builds. There's like a like if you just search Brett's name and you look for Gurelli builds, it's it's on there.
0: Yeah, I found a garage. I called it Monster Monza. Uh, so if you search for that, you'll find it. Sick.
1: It's got like the yeah, big like uh, Baja that- lights on the front, which is like rad. Yeah,
0: you want to know what those actually are? What's up? Those are from a rocket.
1: Ooh, fancy.
0: Yeah, pro tip, you want Baja lights on your moped, take the stock lights off of a ruckus.
1: Pretty good lights, too, bright.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, I replaced the bulbs with some high-output lights because, you know, running at night sucks. And I was using just a, um, oh, fucking, what's the really expensive small mini rotors? Uh, HPI. HPI, yeah, I was using an HPI mini rotor with a 60-watt lighting coil, and it did great. All time. Oh yeah. What, uh, what made you like grade,
1: continue the TJ the TAT after like everyone else kind of, kind of fall felt like had to bail?
0: I wasn't done with the adventure. Um, I wanted to keep going. Um, like I'd taken all this time off of work, and I didn't really enjoy my job at the time. And so it's like, well, you know, if they're not going to they're not going to keep going. Like my my girlfriend's time was, was the me, and so my the Jeep my Jeep with that rooftop temp and everything was our chase vehicle and so we just did it ourselves, went across um, and it was a lot of fun just kind of experiencing that much freedom like one of the coolest things you could ever do for yourself is to um, go on a vacation that's significantly long enough that you can forget when you left and you don't have to worry about being back yet that sweet spot in the middle is like the part of a vacation where you'll truly discover a shit ton about yourself yeah. and like if you're gonna do that on a moped you'll discover a lot more mainly curse word
1: but <laughs> a, a lot more dude that's awesome so but yeah where, like so where are you now in your love affair of two-wheeled vehicles because i know like you know we're talking so much about like you know how you got into it and mopeds and rallies and the good times we had, but like mm-hmm. you, you have this shop now. You're still highly involved in two wheeled things and like teaching mm-hmm. and fixing things and like still like enjoying that. So, how had, had you like kind of transitioned? Do you still have a few mopeds that you like tinker with here and there? You know what? What's oh yeah, up now?
0: Uh, yeah. So, well, I'll tell you the mopeds that I have currently, and then I'll tell you about my shop a little bit. So I still have two mons or two, out of its Grand Prix. Then I have the Monza build that I did the TAT on. Um, and let's see what else do I have? I've got one Mondial left. I've got a blue Mondial. Um, let's see. And then I have the twin engine, which is going back together. And then I have my original my original moped, the first moped that I ever bought. Uh, which is the black Batman's Regency, which is also the bike that I raced for Gold Rush when the pinball run went down the West Coast. And that bike is still highly modified. The only real piece left of that stock bike is the tank, the seat, the, the big plastic fairing underneath the seat, and then the head tube and the down tube down to where it meets the motor. Everything else on the bike is like been hacked, cut, replaced, I mean, it 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 runs a uh, Minarelli V1 with a Euro kit and like a black black pipe, and it it's it's stupid. It goes way too fast and consumes way too much gas. <laughs> um, it, it mainly just throws all the gas out on your leg, so uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. During the during the pinball run, I had to actually like the night or the next morning before we go, I just get like a PBR box out of the trash from the party the night before. And like make a gauntlet for my my foot and my shin and just duct tape it to my leg. That way, like all the blowback from the carb wouldn't like just soak through my jeans and like burn me all day long. (laughs) I just had this like shitty PBR armor on my leg. It was great. That's funny. Um, But yeah, that's that's all the mopeds I own. I own a couple other interesting two strokes. I got an AR 80 uh, and a Derby GPR 50. And uh, the Derby GPR50 is probably about as built out as you can possibly make one. I I took years and found all the factory Melosi race parts and built the motor, the clutch, like the pipe, like the everything. And um, I got that thing up to 103 miles an hour.
1: Holy fuck!
0: That's so as fast as I can go on 50cc.
1: That's pretty <laughs> wild.
0: Oh no, it's dope. And yeah, it's it's super fun though. Um, but I, I never write it anymore. So, if anybody's listening and wants to like a seriously overbuilt, beautiful Derby GPR, I could be tempted to be two part ways with it. It is
1: beautiful, um, it is, red. yeah, yeah. But and it's red, right? All red. Where you at, it bro? Is. Shifty 50, calling your name, all red, <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep.
0: Uh, so, but yeah, but my shop now, um, so I now. Uh, started and now run and operate a community motorcycle garage so i have the tools the space the knowledge to help people fix bikes themselves everything from full-blown custom builds just like simple oil changes i kind of am there to take the fear out of motorcycles and mechanics away so people can get into a hobby for the first time because like if you're unsure about like the culture of motorcycles or you're unsure about your ability to build things like you're not going to go out and like and buy a brand-new Ducati that's, like, 20 thousand dollars and, like, spend that much money on a hobby that you're unsure you would like. But you know what you will do? Go get grandpa's Honda, busted-ass Honda CB350 that's been laying against the side of a barn for the last 40 years. is absolutely terrible. And be like, hey, I heard you guys will help me learn how to fix this. <laughs> I'm like, all right, come on, little Padawan, let's do this. Let's take this whole bike apart and make it a shining gem of whatever you just saw on pinterest or instagram um so yeah no it's
1: super fun Is a lot of that like one-on-one or is it are you doing like classes because i know um a lot some shops no i I don't really you know group like a group class like all right tonight's like a rebuild carb class kind of thing
0: i don't really do classes mainly because like i mean carbs are I mean, pretty much similar, but different enough. Like you got TV versus throttle slide and like everybody's bikes different. So I'm like, if I ever teach a class on like, Hey, here's how you take a bike apart. Like your engine's not the same as the next guy's motor, unless you have the exact same bike. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of uh, like, we have open shop hours from six to 10 um, every night of the week. And then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. To 6 p.m. And you can just come to my shop. And um, you it kind of works like a gym membership for your motorcycle. So um depending on what you want to do, like you get charged a different rate. Um and I will sit there with you and show you how to do whatever you need to do. Uh there's a the guy uh that came in two weeks ago with a really fucked up Honda C L uh three fifty and he's like hey you know i bought this and i thought it was better condition it's really not i don't know what i'm doing can you help me like do it and i was like yeah we totally can and he's come in every single time we've been open and in two weeks we have torn the body completely down to scratch um polished, painted or sandblasted painted absolutely everything rebuilt the motor put it all back together and then i was there right for you know we had this call and um his motors bolted in the wheels are on everything's built we timed it got sparked and then fired it up so um it will be another probably a couple days to tune it all in and make sure you know give it a couple shakedowns but in like two and a half three weeks we took a bike that hadn't ran in 40 something years and made it perfect again yeah not every story is like that usually people take like a couple months to build a bike um, and actually right now it's kind of the perfect time to start a build because if you do it kind of pretty slowly, you'll finish right around springtime. Mm-hmm. So that's when you want to actually start riding, but most people kind of forget motorcycles exist during the winter. And that first amazing spring day, my shop just gets hammered with people <laughs> going, I don't know what to do. My bike doesn't want to, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> What you should have done is (laughs) planned it.
1: Maybe you'll learn this lesson for next year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they never do. Yeah, let's Um, jump
1: into the queue, man. We'll get to it when we can.
0: Yeah. What's the name of the shop? Yeah. So the shop's called Hickory Unimoto. Um, It was named that because the cross streets that the shop was once on and no longer is uh, was the corner of Hickory and Union. Now the name is less relevant, but it, we didn't bother changing it. Um, but it's uh, located in west bottom of Kansas City. It's inside a fire station from the 1950s. Um, and it's a pretty cool place to just hang out, turn wrenches, chill, like turn some, you know, just have some wrench therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone listening to this understands wrench therapy. Yeah.
1: And if you guys want, just uh, you can follow that on Instagram. It's Hickory Union Moto at Hickory Union Moto or hickoryunionmoto.com.
0: It is, um, yeah. And our, our website is is not very great. So if there's anyone who's
1: really good at web development, reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, dude, um, so. I'll share that wealth of moped knowledge, you know, website. Dudes. Yeah, I'll, I will fix
0: all of your badavises for web development. <laughs> your eye? What is the plural form of badavis?
1: <laughs>
0: mm, I'm gonna go badavai. <laughs>
1: a couple bats because
0: you know what it doesn't matter yeah um but yeah but that's where i'm at now and now i, I kind of do you know more motorcycle related stuff but you know you can never fall out of love with mopeds once you've done it for so long um there's been several like younger kids that have come by my shop this summer um and like actually took one on as an intern and so we built like mm, six or so mopeds together over the course of the summer for different people that are coming in the shop mm-hmm. and now he's trying to finish a um, um, it's a Peugeot 103 uh, 50cc race build with all the fairings and all the bells and whistles and he's trying to finish that to go to moto moped GP with yeah. us at the, in September so that's pretty cool yeah, so that he went from like well, he went from the beginning of the summer coming in on a uh, stock Honda Express which is really nice, minty blue, like it was super in great condition, but it went like, you know, 28. Um, and now he's just like, he's doing the traditional moped arc, which is like, I want to go fast. <laughs> and, yeah. and I've explained to him, which I'm sure you're well versed in the moped arc, which is like, get a stock bike. It's really slow, but you're like, this is amazing. And then you see someone with a faster bike. You're like, holy shit, that's amazing. I will make my bike fast. And you do, but then it breaks all the time. Yeah. You're like, Holy fuck, this bike is super amazing and fast, but it never starts and it always breaks. It's terrible. And then you reach that pinnacle of the curve where you start going, huh. Remember remember how my stock bike never broke and it was always awesome? And then then you you're just tracking. the older guy at the moped rally <laughs> on like the NU fifty, all laid back like this is comfortable and
1: it always runs. <laughs> I hit forty yeah. miles an hour, I'll never break down. That's yeah. the holy yeah. grail. Forty forty and never breaking.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I'll That's never right. learn that lesson, but I, I understand the lesson.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. I've had we've done over a hundred episodes and you know, there's definitely a ton of episodes of like, oh I'm building this race bike, oh I'm building this fast bike, oh I built the fast one, and we all eventually like, you know, break 'em. <laughs>
0: yeah no the other day um someone like just kind of stopped by my shop they're like hey i've got a moped um can you, can you help me make it go again i go yeah what is it and they go it is a bat of the Starflight." i'm like oh you found the right person let's do this and i got it going you know it's the it's Starflight, so it's a drop tank and you know m48 and i put a delordo uh 1313 13 on it because those in are just the worst carbs ever. And it, you know, it goes, you know, 32 with a boss pipe, and that's it. And it's fun. And I love it so much. And I don't want to give it back to the person who owns it.
1: <laughs> but you already have one, Brett.
0: We all know <laughs> that we all need more mopeds or <sighs> motorcycles.
1: I have too many right now.
0: How, wait, okay, wait, yeah, how many do you own right now? Oh, God.
1: I try not to think about it. Cause every time, I'm like I, I think I got enough. I'm like, okay, I'm done, and then I, and then I buy two more. But right mm-hmm. now, I'm at, uh, I got two complete Hondas, three non-running Hobbits. So that's five. I got a pair of twin Thomas Golden Bullets. I got my Derby variant. My Peugeot Fox. Um, yeah, that one's awesome. I it was Bachelor per, per, uh Bachelor Gift. Bachelor Party gift. Yeah, the, the, one? the uh it's got a one oh three on it. Well it's a one oh three it runs one oh three cylinders, but it's like
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a 105, like kind of like a derby style motor.
1: No, it's like uh, it's like the same wa- motor as a Wallaroo. It's like it's like scooter tech, pretty much. It's like subframe and half the motor case is part of the subframe.
0: Oh, interesting. I've got, I guess, a 105 motor that I've never been yeah. anything with that I really want to do stuffing with, but it's basically stock. It has a TDI and 19 millimeter carb. Um and it's like internally variated, like a derby motor. Yeah. Um, and it takes show kit. Hmm. So I'm not sure what I have.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, but I bought go. it a I'm long sure time ago. Mo- I'm not sure the motor number. So like that's like I think it's like some weird number, like A's. Something I don't know. It's got a weird number. <laughs> I never like looked at it. But yeah, I'm probably I'm probably at 12 bikes right now, and at least like. Two thousand dollars of like brand new parts sitting in boxes waiting to be built, you know
0: Jesus Christ, you know, do, you're do, like... do you know how much like
1: <laughs> moped
0: parts I have in my basement that I like just have <laughs> had for years and moved from one house to another, including like stuff I've never put on a bike, like I could open up many treats. It's really sad, um yeah. but actually, have you ever done this? Several years ago, I was hanging out at Treat HQ, and I was just like, "Hey, hey, Benji, like, do you have the ability to look up how much money has been spent?"
1: Oh God, no! On Never an account do account over the course Don't of his life. Do that.
0: <laughs> at the time, he did, and I was horrified. But I just bought um, a, a big box of treats um, to work on that twin engine bike for the mm-hmm. um, racing. And in the comments field, I asked like. You know, dare I ask how much money over the life of this account has been spent? And uh, so let's see if they if there's a number on the sheet when it shows up. Oh God, if it does, uh, you gotta call. Me. If it does, it, you gotta
1: call me back. I gotta like, I gotta post <laughs> it. It's, it's it's
0: it's it's several. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it, it's it's too
1: much (laughs) because it's like you spend like like, my problem too is like there's definitely been those times in my in my mopedding career i i would say where i'm like oh cool i'm I'm buying all my parts in bulk at one time to save money over the long haul you know like cool like there's a sale let me buy everything at once and you save your you know 10 15 or whatever and you're saving on shipping because you're not buying little things over and over and over again because, God knows, we yeah, don't, the best we, marketing, no one wants to wait for free shipping. Like, we always do priority or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best thing treats ever did for themselves was do the $150 cap on free shipping. Because we've all been like, all right, what, what's that?
1: 110?
0: Shit. All right, <laughs> what else do I need? <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, gonna uh, add...
1: I, got, I got free shipping, but I can't wait. Let me get priority anyway. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Do you know anyone who ever ordered, like, the really big tomato? Or like bingy sunglasses, mm-hmm. or any of those like multi million dollar things. I, had,
1: I know someone who bought like one of those really like one off Rear things, and then like they just it was they just wanted to like you know test them. Like okay, I'm gonna pull their fucking pull their card, see what they say, and like they ended up like uh, oh sorry, this part's been discontinued, and like refunded them the money or something. <laughs> yeah. But, man, like, I don't know. Like, that's definitely, like, a scary thing to think about. Like, you know, we we probably all spend a lot. Like, that's oh, why like, I, I so made it, like, money. a point. Like, it, there got definitely got to be a point where I was like, all right, I have, like, thousands of dollars invested in these little tiny bikes. And, like, it's hard to notice that money all at once because, like, it, it gets spread out over a bunch of different bikes and time. Mm-hmm. But, and I was like, I just got to a point where I was like, all right, cool. I need to, like, officially close the books on how much money I can put into this. So like I try, it doesn't always work out, but I try, especially over the last couple of years, like I try to like, can't contain it. And I only spend like the money that I have in the hobby. Now I'm like, cool. That's in my hobby. Like that's my moped savings account. And if I want to buy some new part that costs $300, I have to sell something that I own in the moped Mm -hmm. world. Or, like, fix a bike for someone else, you know, fix their moped to get that money to pay for yeah, that part. And
0: and how, how true to that commitment do you hold yourself?
1: I'd say pretty good, man. I'd say at least 80%. Oh, nice. At least 80%. Like, I might put money back in here and there. But, like, you know, I'm like, oh, cool. Let me put money in this bike. I, you know, if you buy two bikes for, like, 400 bucks or something, it's like, you know, you can sell one for, like, 600, 700 bucks. And, like, now you got a free bike. And if you sell that one, okay, now you got $600 worth of you can spend on moped stuff that didn't cost you like money out of your pocket.
0: Yeah, I tried that strategy for a while, but it really didn't work for me because basically I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll buy this and then I'll, I'll flip it and <laughs> sell it and then I would just make it too nice. But I can't sell it. I love it too so much.
1: Yeah, that emotional um, so hard.
0: What I, what I eventually had to do was shame myself financially into not doing it. So I created a spreadsheet um, Ooh, on, God, a on Google Sheets Dude, and no, I went through my, basically my treats account and my eBay account, and I lined out every bike that I currently own, and and like went back in history and found out how much money I'd spent on every single bike, and then at the top it calculated it all together, and it's just this value. Of, this is how much money you've sunken into this hobby.
1: Damn! Yeah, you said it, it out loud. It,
0: oh, oh, I don't, I, I would have to pull it up. I don't have an accurate number. <laughs> I think last time I looked, I was like fifty, six hundred bucks or something into like basically broken bikes, Yeah. like bikes that you buy and then you buy parts for them. But then like other cooler projects, like you know you're in, you're in, you're in project debt. Yeah. Um, but also, what's really helpful about the spreadsheet is it's really easy to forget how much money you've invested in a bike because mm-hmm. you can be like, oh. I bought that for a hundred dollars. It's not worth much. But then you're like, Oh, well, yeah. but even if it's like a mild stock build, you're probably invested in that, you know, up to almost a grand. If it's a moped, if it's a motorcycle, like you can get real close to like $2,000 by the time you mm-hmm. take a shit bike and make it worthy of being on the road.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what's harsh. And so, is, yeah, it's just, so what's harsher is the thing about, like, even if you add it in, $10 an hour for your time.
0: Oh yeah. I don't even do that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, oh time time or
1: something. And you think about all these bikes you buy, they're like, that's what a lot of people don't realize when they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy this bike. It's, 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 it's a great deal. It's a hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, it's a hundred dollar rust bucket. That's going to cost you like $500 of your time. Plus, you know, $700 of parts.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, people come to me. So since I, you know, have this community garage where I I show people how to like fix on bikes, um, people ask me like, how much is this going to cost me? And usually kind of what I tell people is like, all right, well, first off, do you want to ride a motorcycle or do you want to work on a motorcycle? Because those are two different philosophies. And realistically, it always kind of works out to be about the same amount. Because you can buy a really shitty bike that needs work and you you're, think you're getting a deal because you know, you're, you're fixing it up and you're going to make it better. Um, but realistically, by the time you get it roadworthy again, you've replaced, you know, the tires, the tubes, the cables, you've you know, done some engine work, you've painted it, you've done all this. That bike costs the same amount of money as the running one that was sitting next to it on Craigslist or marketplace
2: yeah. that you could
0: have had and then not invested all that time. So if you want to like, really take off on a project and that's like super fun. And that's kind of what you want to do right now. Go for it. Get a shitty bike. Let's blow it apart. Let's totally fix it. But know that you're probably going to spend like 2,500 bucks over the course of three months. So if you don't have 2,500 bucks, like all up front saved, just go and buy a motorcycle. Yeah, that works for you. Let's build one together and let's like do it over time. Make it cheap. Mm -hmm. That way. But if you're just into like riding and you have no desire to wrench, then just buy the functional bike. Yeah, and it's fine. Go do that, or even get the and one that costs a
1: little bit more money, where you just get to make a payment on it if you don't have the money all up front.
0: Yeah, like holy crap! Like a Royal Enfield Himalayan you can get for under four grand comes with a like four year service warranty, and like if you finance it, less than hundred bucks a month. Like, yeah. dude, do it. Yeah like go ride cool bikes.
1: My uh buddy in black black's got has a super duke brand new mm-hmm. from KTM and like I think he's paying hundred bucks a month, you know. Yeah, it's,
0: motorcycles are surprisingly yeah. affordable when brand, it comes to payment.
1: First, first rider, first owner, you know? What's hundred bucks when you're an adult? That's like uh the, the the twenty from your childhood. Yeah,
0: but you remember how much money you used to be able to live off of? Like I used to be able to live off of like 300 bucks a month. Like it was just nothing. And now I think of like as an adult, how much that has swelled because of responsibilities in life. You're like, I must be doing something wrong.
1: (laughs) Definitely have justified like the life I'm living and spending more money on things like, yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth it right now. You know, you know, spending X amount. And I'm like, dude, I used to live in a bedroom where I split my bedroom with my, 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 you know, my, buddy I was paying like 150 bucks a month for rent to live like in my house like you know <laughs> definitely, yeah definitely and, and yeah now I have a mortgage
0: and oh, oh god like my house is a fresh nightmare um <laughs> that's a totally different story it's not mo related but I'm having to do, basically strip my entire like house down to stud oh, and man. rebuild the whole thing
1: another project yeah, that's huh?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I used to say that, like, you know what? I have so many projects in my life. I have a ton of broken metal and two wheels. But you know what's really great? I have to do a whole lot of work on my house. And yeah, I do. That's <laughs> the worst. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. Ugh.
1: Yeah. 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 So to wrap it up, man, like, what would you say to like, you know, someone getting into mopeds now? Like, you know, from your years of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like what would I tell someone who's getting into mopeds now? Yeah, like your like your little uh intern at the shop who's you know, getting into mopeds and soup and wop. What what are your words of wisdom Um. For
0: well, first off, don't buy a bad of us. <laughs> uh say yourself Well if, I mean if, if you th- do to be honest hit, hit, like hit
1: up Brett first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well to be honest, like if you're gonna get into mopeds for the first time, look for mopeds that have a lot of like support behind them. So, like your first bike should probably be like a a Maxi or Free Spirit or you know a, a Hobbit or something like that, um, or you know a V1. You can't really rebuild as easily because they split the wrong way. But like you know something with a lot of support and parts. Um, just because I feel like I mean I know since I run this shop that. Not a lot of people have the patience to go through them as much pain as I did because I got the wrong moped when I first got in moped. Um, and so, like, set yourself up for success. Like, get a bike that has a lot of support so that you can fix it up with all the knowledge of the community and then enjoy it. And then, as you see your skills kind of progressing, get into like the more random stuff. So, like, oh, I kind of want to do a Motobicon. Like, let's make this thing fast. Um, also, like, don't do Motobacons until you're kind of at a more advanced state because one, taking the variator off is the worst thing in the world. And two, that's a, a brand that you can spend way too much money on way quickly. That
1: was my um, there's no mistake. like,
0: dude, there's no middle ground. Like, you can't, like, there's, there's not like, there's either a stock bike or a stupid ripper. There's no like kind of mild Motobacon or 103 or Puget 103. They're just kind of like either dumb or, yeah, And that's it um, So yeah uh, my, my advice for new riders And riders is uh, One, always carry a little Vial of oil with you Wherever you go, put it in your pocket um, Make sure your jetting's is correct um, If it's Not running right, fucking fix it Don't just send it <laughs> Because you're going to end up wasting a shit ton of money And time and repairs And then you'll get real sad that your bike doesn't run uh, Check for air leaks it shocks me when people don't like check for air leaks or exhaust leaks or you like hear like a shitty Chinese scooter going down your block and just, you know, basically an open header because the exhaust gasket blew out eons ago. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Like make sure your shit tight and then like have fun, you know, going for 31 miles an hour. <laughs>
1: uh, any, uh, like, uh, Regrets in mopeds? Like, is there like a bike you wish you would have bought or something you wish you never sold?
0: Uh, Well, I haven't sold many of them. I just keep. um, (laughs) So, a bike that I wish I had bought. I had an opportunity to buy a Laguna once and I didn't have the money at the time, so I had to pass it up. So, and good luck ever finding a Minty Derby Laguna ever again. Uh, That would have been a cool bike to own. Uh, uh, Other regrets? I I don't know. I, you know, I don't think I, some people might've said I wasted my formidable years, uh, you know, on dumb two strokes, but I mean, the way I kind of look at it, your life is a series of stories and I just want the ones that I could tell to be at least be interesting. So I've gotten a ton of interesting stories in my life from being involved in mopeds over the years. And I don't really go to rallies that much anymore, um, but man, it, it was a good, solid decade of my life that I spent doing things I never would have done otherwise, and as a result, coming up with some pretty cool stories to be able to share, of which I have plenty more. So If you ever want to do this again, I can talk about things like how I found a dead body on the TAT, or um, how I nearly won the pinball run, but... But uh, my clutch exploded about 30 miles from the finish line. Mm. Um, or even if you want to talk about motorcycle adventures, like I raced in the Baja 1000 several times. That's, um, but, but yeah, like hit me up if you want to talk some more. I mean, I don't really get to talk about mopeds that often. Kind of going back to like how exciting it is to go to a rally and find other nerds that are the same nerd as your nerd. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hell yeah.
1: We'll so. definitely we'll definitely bring it back for part two. Like I like I don't know. I just love catching up with you too. Like like I said, like just just thinking about you that one time because I was talking to Sean. I was like, man, I haven't haven't like thought about this guy in a while. But like you were always like you know one to stand out, and you know I'm glad we got to take this time and like chat it up a little bit. But we'll, we'll we'll bring it back again and we'll get into more of your story, more of the little adventures you have that you know made you enjoy this whole thing to begin with.
0: Yeah. All yeah, right. Dude. Well, in the meantime, I'll i keep creating cool stories, and I can't <laughs> wait to. Uh, when does this come out?
1: Oh, uh, it's gonna be out tomorrow. Yeah, well, I do the. Recording all right, and then well, I put it out the next day. So every every Monday, we put up an, put out an episode.
0: All right. Well, I can't wait to listen to my own voice and hate how it sounds.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! All right, Brett. Thanks for hanging out, man. Um, you want to shout out real quick? Where can everyone find you on the internet?
0: Like uh, um, well. So I've got Hickory Union Moto is the Instagram for my shop. My personal Instagram is unknown underscore moto, which you'll find more motorcycle adventures from um, my kind of dirt bike life. Um, other than that, um, you can email me um, through HickoryUnionMoto.com um, at, for any kind of random bad of questions that you might have or any kind of moped advice you might need. Um, or, uh, I guess if you want to get in touch, uh, with me over that GPR that I said was for sale, that too. Um, but yeah, it was been great talking to you, man.
1: Hell yeah. All right. Thanks, dude. I'll see you later, man. Uh, it'll be out tomorrow and I'll tag you and everything. We'll get it going. <laughs> All right. All right. Later. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Bye. Dude. That was rad. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Moped Money Podcast. I'm um, glad we got to hang out and catch up a little bit with Brad. Like I said, he's a rad dude. He was always, like, the pretty boy of mopeds that had, like, the coolest shit and, like, you know, doing doing it the rad way for sure. Like, he'd stand out when you'd see him at the rally. And it's cool to see, like, how far he's come and, like, all the other things he's done, you know, in the two-wheeled world, like, adventure.